the Bible Study Podcast, episode 181. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with part three of a study on Elijah. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may recall in part two of Elijah, we read 1 Kings 18, and this is going to continue on with the next chapter. In 1 Kings 18, Elijah challenged the prophets of the Baal to a contest where Elijah and God won, and the prophets of Baal lost and paid with their life. It was a contest to see whose was the real God. So you can probably predict what happens in this chapter. This is clearly going to be the chapter where Elijah has the victory celebration and goes to Disneyland. Or perhaps not. Elijah's story continues here in 1 Kings 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So this is not the victory celebration of Elijah in this particular chapter. Instead, Elijah is once again fleeing for his life from Queen Jezebel. Remember, the prophets that he killed were the prophets who ate at the table of Jezebel. Jezebel was not only a worshiper, but a supporter of the worship of Baal, even more so than King Ahab. And so she is very mad at Elijah. She does not see the wisdom in serving the one true God, even with all that happened at that test between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And so Elijah is both fleeing for his life and ready to die. He's so discouraged that he thinks that this is just time to be done. And so he lies down with hope that he will not wake up again, but instead he is woken up twice by the angels who strengthen and encourage him, give him food to eat, food that is apparently very good food because it lasts him 40 days and he heads out into the Sinai to the mountain of God. And here is where the story gets even more interesting. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, 
he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Now, this is an interesting account. Elijah gets a chance to meet with the God who he has been serving for some time. Meet with the God who, as far as he can tell, here in Israel, in the northern kingdom of the divided kingdom, he thinks he is the last prophet of God, not the last servant. He met Obadiah last chapter, so, but he thinks he is the last one left of the prophets of God. And so God has brought him here to the mountain of the Lord and says, I'm going to pass by. And three things happen. Wind that rips apart the mountain, an earthquake and fire. And somehow Elijah knows that that wasn't God. But he hears that whisper and goes out, puts his cloak over his face and goes out. I think his cloak over his face so he won't see God and die, which Moses had that problem being told not to look at God. But why does he know that God is not in the wind? How does he know that God is not in the earthquake or in the fire? The only thing I can think of is that Elijah has spent a lot of time listening to God, that Elijah recognizes God, that Elijah recognizes the presence of God in that gentle whisper. Now, this is the Old Testament. This is the God who just one chapter ago called down fire from the sky to burn up the burnt offerings. So certainly it seems likely that God could be in one of those first three things, but Elijah knows God in a way that Israel has forgotten God, and so somehow he recognizes him. And I think one of the reasons that we study the Bible is to get an understanding of God that approaches, even if we don't get to where Elijah's is, to get an understanding of what is the voice of God sound like. As we're looking for directions, what is likely to be coming from God and what is likely to be counterfeit? Because I think the more time we spend with Scripture, I think the more time we spend talking with other Christians about what it is that we think God is calling us to do, the more that we can discern, as Elijah here seems quite able to discern, where God is and where God is going. And then we get a conversation. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat, from the Abel Behola to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. There's a concept in the Bible, throughout the Bible, and the Old Testament especially, and this is one of those verses that talks about a remnant. Not that the whole people will be faithful to God, but that there will always be a remnant who God has preserved for himself. A remnant who has been faithful even when the whole nation turns away. And so it's not all of Israel that is that goes into the Babylonian captivity, for instance. It's but there is a faithful remnant. 
and that God has given us the free will to reject him even when we are among his holy people, whether that be the children of Israel or the church. There's certainly reason to believe that not all the church would be faithful to him also, or that not all the church is faithful to him also, but that God will always preserve for himself a remnant. And he says at this point to Elijah, you're not alone. There are 7,000 who have never once bowed a knee to Baal, who have never once kissed these idols. You are not the only one who worships me. And God knows each one by name. Not only that, he knows the hairs in their head, but that would be showing off at this point. So God's aware of what's going on even if Elijah thinks he might not be. And Elijah, of course, we have to give give great credit as being a faithful servant of God, but he is frustrated. He is tired. This, which should be his victory parade, has turned into a run for his life. So who could really blame him? And God says, anoint these three people. God is planning on using all three of these as instruments of his judgment all three of these, to weed out those who are not in the faithful remnant. And the story continues. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. What Elisha does here, and I apologize that these names are very similar, Elisha is the one who is coming after, who will replace Elijah. And Elisha, at this point, seems to have one of these burn-the-ship sort of moments. When the conquistadors went into Mexico, Cortes ordered their ships to be burned so that there would be no chance to go backwards, so they could only go forward. And Elisha seems to do that to himself at this point. I am done with this life. I am going on with the life with Elijah. And there is no going back to this. There's no going back to the oxen. There's no going back to plowing. This is the sort of person who God calls to replace Elijah, because this is also the sort of person who Elijah is, and who we are called to be, to be single-minded in our service to God. With that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.